You're listening to RPM, the podcast that explores the world of private markets. I'm your host, Michael Venn. We recently issued our 2022 market outlooks, and joining me today to discuss the outlook for private equity is Aditya Raina. Aditya joined Stepstone in 2014 and is based in our New York office. Aditya, welcome to RPM. Hey, Michael. Uh, Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. I have been a listener to your podcast since, uh, I guess, 2020, and think you all are doing a a fantastic job. Um, So happy to be here and very much looking forward to chatting about our outlook on the private equity market for 2022. Absolutely. I, I appreciate that. We have at least one loyal listener out there. So Aditya, in, uh, in our outlook, we identify several themes that we believe are going to characterize PE over the short run. Some are macroeconomic, like inflation and supply constraints, while others are more idiosyncratic. Putting a pin in the macro for a moment, could you quickly run through some of the other themes? Yeah, sure thing. Um, I think the first thing to mention that is related to many of the other themes is the consistent, robust nature of the private equity fundraising environment. Despite the ongoing pandemic and related macro impact, we saw fundraising really accelerate in the back half of 2020 and through 2021, with 2021 fundraising likely to reach or surpass levels from 2019, which was a record year, if, if folks remember. At Stepstone, we believe the robust private equity fundraising market is really underpinned by the increasing investor appetite for the private equity asset class, which is driven by the relative outperformance of the asset class. But maybe just double clicking into the fundraising environment, um, just because I think it uncovers some, some more interesting insights. In addition to more capital being raised, we've also seen a proliferation of, of funds in the market. More funds closing in 2021 than either 2020 or 2019. I think this phenomenon has primarily been a function of higher velocity in managers coming back to the fundraising market on an accelerated timeline, as well as an accelerated trend in fund size step ups. Um, The average time between fundraises for general partners has now dipped to about three years, which is down from nearly five years about a decade ago. Um, So with more funds coming back to market and stepping up fund sizes, the fundraising market itself has remained robust, contributing to a a sustained and and large amount of dry powder. Today, managers are sitting on more than $3 trillion of dry powder, which uh, is an all-time high. I think one area in particular where we've seen increased fundraising activity is around impact investing strategies. With increasing climate, ESG, and impact investing awareness around the globe, the opportunity set around impact investing is also continuing to grow. Um, With an increasing number of funds focused on generating positive social and environmental outcomes alongside competitive financial returns. Uh, Funds and companies in climate technology and solution have posted record fundraising figures in 2021 with over 500 million of impact investing AUM in private markets. I think looking ahead to 2022, climate change and diversity are likely to remain prominent themes of focus among LPs and GPs. So maybe with that fundraising backdrop, we can touch on some of the micro themes related to that near-term private equity outlook. With more funds being raised uh, with larger fund sizes, we're continuing to see a concentration of dry powder amongst larger funds, which is resulting in more sponsor-to-sponsor trades, uh, which I think contribute to an ongoing healthy exit environment, especially for some smaller market sponsors. 
And while we're on that topic of a healthy exit uh, environment, uh, I'd be remiss if we didn't cover the explosion in GP-led secondaries, which has contributed to continued growth in secondary market volumes. GP-led secondaries represented uh, close to 60% of total secondary volume in 2021, compared to just 30% in 2019. We're seeing sponsors really using GP-led secondaries to capture additional value from what we'd call crown jewel assets, uh, while also providing exit uh, opportunities for LPs and co-investors. So with all this fundraising activity, dry powder, continued availability of leverage and a healthy exit environment, transaction activity saw a very strong year in 2021 with both activity and deal volumes above pre-pandemic levels. While everyone's uh, speculating on the impact of the anticipated rising rate environment on the market, we think that there will be some normalization in transaction activity in 2022, but the general increase uh, in recent years has helped and will continue to help sustain increased competition for opportunities in the near term. In what we expect to continue being a highly competitive market, I think prudent manager and asset selection have continued to be key themes going into 2022. Our ongoing approach at Stepstone to manager selection is highly focused on specialization, whether that's sector specialization or expertise around transaction types like corporate carve-outs. I think analytics uh, from our SPY database, uh, which is our proprietary private market database, show that sector specialist sponsors have generally outperformed generalist sponsors uh, in their respective sectors. This is really evident across several uh, of these end markets and sectors. Maybe one sector to particularly spend some time on uh, in the context of these themes for 2022 is technology and software. This is a space that has continued to evolve with more activity driving more competition and ever increasing valuation multiples. Software and technology transactions represent more than 20% of deals in 2021 compared to 12 or 13% in 2011. But what's interesting to see is the recent proliferation of vertical software companies and investments. Rather than just software specialist managers investing in software businesses, we're seeing generalists and and non-software sector-focused private equity managers, including those focused on historically old economy industries like industrials and manufacturing, increase their investments in software businesses. Software investments now represent uh, more than 25% of non-software-focused general partners' investments, up from 10% in 2008. However, from our data, what we have also seen is that sector-focused managers have meaningfully outperformed generalist managers in their respective technology investments. At StepStone, we think this dynamic around the permeation of software across industry verticals further emphasizes the trend towards sector specialization and the need for technology expertise going forward into 2022 and beyond. So I'm really glad that you mentioned tech and software, um, which are interesting in the context of some another theme that you mentioned, inflation, right? I mean, when most people think of inflation protection, they immediately think of real assets. But as we note in our outlook, private equity sponsors have been doing several things to help mitigate this inflation. Could you briefly touch on some of the measures that GPs are taking? Of course. Um, Maybe before jumping into the hot button topic of inflation, it's worth touching a bit more on software and the rush towards software companies. I think that's relevant in uh, how GPs are responding to inflation. 
Sponsors, both generalists and sector specialists, have all increased their exposure to technology because of the favorable characteristics of these types of businesses. This includes a more attractive growth profile as software businesses benefit from the tailwinds related to the growth and the use of software and technology across companies and industries. Software companies also typically have recurring revenue models, especially with the transition to software as a service business models. And these models typically have high switching costs with very sticky customer relationships, leading to strong pricing power. Low CapEx needs and capitalized development also contribute to attractive free cash profiles of these types of businesses. So maybe uh, you know this focus on pricing power uh, as well as lower input cost volatility seen in software businesses is something we're seeing more broadly as it relates to GP's responses to the current inflationary environment. As many may already know and even maybe be feeling through the recent pricing increases now being felt at the consumer level, inflation has spiked recently. Um, This spike is uh, the result of severe supply and demand imbalances, largely driven by extraordinary fiscal and monetary policies that boosted demand amid pandemic-related supply constraints. The the composition of consumer spending also shifted from services to goods with demand for goods running above pre-COVID-19 levels, which has really strained the supply chains. Input costs have also surged amid elevated commodity prices. In 2022, demand for goods should soften as growth slows due to the waning effects from fiscal stimulus and, and gradual tightening of monetary policy, and consumer spending should shift back to services amid rising vaccination levels and and new COVID-19 treatments. Meanwhile, the supply of goods should improve as manufacturers get back on their feet and as energy costs and the tight labor market stabilize. But while we expect inflation to moderate, it's unlikely to fully revert to the pre-pandemic trend that we saw, given some of the more persistent supply constraints. But regardless of the ultimate inflationary environment, expectations around this have pushed private equity sponsors to continue to prepare for higher inflation. And they're doing this in a few ways. One, I think going back to the software company profiles, uh, GPs are refocusing on company targets with less input price volatility and are prioritizing companies with the ability to pass through price or labor cost inflation through contractual price pass-through mechanism. This type of pricing power allows for these companies to maintain margins despite facing inflationary costs. Two, uh, general partners and borrowers have been increasingly conservative in transaction structuring with higher equity contributions within company capital structures, as well as more attractive debt service uh, coverage ratios. Median equity as a percentage of total enterprise value at entry has increased to over 60% compared to something closer to 50% in 2014 and something closer to 40% before the global financial crisis. Um, And the last point, I think, is we've also seen continued conservatism in asset underwriting, including at StepStone. Uh, With the current valuation environment, the potential for higher inflation in the medium term, as well as the anticipated rate hikes in the near term, we've been very focused on uh, the range of exit valuation outcomes ahead of a potential pullback in, in valuations. And, you know, just touching again on valuations, I mean, tech and IT, you know, certainly fall into the category that have been, you know, one of the, as you mentioned, I think earlier, one of the fastest growing segments of the buyout market for 
several years, which partly explains why valuations are so high across the board. Um, You've mentioned some of these earlier, but maybe it'd be nice to consolidate them all here. What are some of the other factors driving valuation, high valuations? And do we think that valuations are going to remain high uh, going forward? Sure thing. Uh, Yeah, as you mentioned, we touched on some of this before, but with the robust fundraising environment and, and the large volume of dry powder in the market, there is a considerable amount of capital chasing the same opportunity set. This has led to a healthy exit environment, as we talked about before, evidenced by more sponsor to sponsor trades and more transaction activity generally, which eventually does drive valuation upwards. Um, Other components driving the activity uh, include historic levels of monetary and fiscal stimulus deployed to reflate economies and mitigate some of those disruptive impacts of, of the pandemic, which has also sent valuations upwards in the process. And as we discussed before, and as you pointed out, technology investments are also figuring in largely into the deal flow, which is inflating valuations. Whether they're pure technology assets or businesses and industries that are undergoing a a secular digital transformation, technology as a theme is driving demand and pushing multiples higher in what is already an extremely high price environment. Um, Transaction activity is as valuations have been spurred by, I, I think, what's also been a very borrower-friendly environment for several years, and that's led to relatively cheap and uh, a growing availability of leverage. Um, direct lending dry powders continue to tick up, and there's been sort of looser covenant protection on debt facilities as well. All these drivers of growing transaction activity have directly led to increased competition in the market that I think has contributed to the sustained lofty valuation environment that we're seeing in the market today. Overall, deal activity was up well above pre-pandemic levels in 2021, and valuations have remained at or above pre-pandemic levels. Generally speaking, I think bargains are few and far between these days. As we look forward and think about valuations in the medium term or into the next fundraising cycle, there are a few things um, we think about that make us believe that valuations should moderate. Firstly, at the macro level, we can consider the anticipated rate environment. By this time, we've all heard about the Fed rate hikes expected this year. This will directly make borrowing money more expensive and will increase the cost of doing business. More expensive debt will help to moderate transaction activity as well as valuations. And over time, higher costs and less activity could mean moderated growth and earnings for companies, which could potentially impact their valuations as as well. Secondly, another consideration is dry powder in the context of the current environment. There is still strong and growing investor appetite for the private equity asset class. This is because of the attractive relative returns that the asset class has been able to generate. However, as growing demand has led to more capital in the coffers of sponsors, this has increased competition and led to higher valuations. And as these higher valuations are coupled with an increasing rate environment, it makes it increasingly difficult for managers to continue generating consistently attractive returns. And and because of this, we think valuations could subsequently see some moderation. I think these factors in the near to medium term are all things we think about and that we think will contribute to the valuations moderating. But it's worth pointing out that it'll also lead to a flight to quality in assets in a crowded playing field, which we at Stepstone believe further underscores the growing importance of asset and manager selection, which is something we're constantly focused on here. Um, Great. I I want to um, 
circle back to something you said about growing demand. And I think this should be like fairly obvious, but I mean, a lot of the growing demand for private equity, for private markets comes from the relative outperformance, right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, just looking at our data in Omni, which is our web-based portfolio monitoring tool, um, private equity has delivered superior relative returns across almost every subsector within private equity. Uh, private equity, we're seeing 250 to 500 basis points of long-term direct alpha relative to broader equity markets. However, you know, despite risking sounding like a broken record, uh, we would again stress that the importance of manager and asset selection. Looking at that same data, there is a shockingly wide dispersion of returns within private equity when looking at top quartile funds compared to third or fourth quartile performers. Something we stress often is that there's no such thing as an average buyout fund. This is why choosing the right uh, sponsor across m market cycles is pretty critical. Terrific. Um, Aditya, it looks like we are out of time. Thanks again for joining us. And I look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thanks, Michael. It was a pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me uh, and looking forward to staying in touch. That does it for this episode of RPM. If you enjoyed this episode and wish to read more research on private markets, please visit our show page at www.stepstonegroup.com. RPM is also available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.